Hey team, welcome to the Virtus Performance Podcast. We're uh, back for another week, episode number 75, I believe. Today's episode is with the ever so lovely Anna Jansen. She is my yoga muse. She almost fell off her chair just then. That was pretty funny. Um, Anna's someone who has helped bring mindfulness and yoga and self-acceptance to my life and to the lives of many people in the Virtus family. Uh, She's someone who lives and breathes the things she believes and the things she teaches. And I think that's what makes her such a powerful force within the yoga industry, being a, a paramedic um, and, a, and a yogi are certainly two things that, although they're what she does, certainly does not define the kind of person she is. So it was, it was cool today to sit down and have a chat about who she actually is outside of of those labels and those things that she does, um, we we dove pretty deep into into self acceptance and and kindness and appreciation, and I thoroughly enjoyed the last hour or so. So I hope you guys do too. Before we get stuck in, if you do enjoy the episode or if you enjoy any of the episodes, even if you don't enjoy it, if you could uh, chuck a five star review up on iTunes, that would be spectacular. Um, it's it's weird wanting to pump up this kind of stuff because we're really just having a conversation, but the more people that can get behind it and obviously subscribe, but also get those five-star reviews up, the, uh, the more people that will get listening and the, uh, and the better conversations we can have and that you guys can listen to. So without further ado, here's AJ. My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. AJ. How are you, mate? Fabulous. Very good. How's your day been? Do you want to hear about it? Are we starting with that or are we going to finish with that or just bring it up in between? I'll bring it up at some point. But first question for you, who are you? And you're not allowed to answer it with what you do. Who are you? Today? (laughs) You can start with today. No. I ask other people this. Yeah. And make them ponder that. Yeah. And I haven't asked myself this in a long time, actually. Hmm. It's a hard question. I know. It's really hard. Because I made myself steer clear when I was asking myself this of those classic sort of career job you know, partner roles. So as a person, I am just a, what I would say is a real compassionate being that is just here to 
try and be the best human I can for myself and others. And I fucked that up a lot, especially today. <laughs> but... We all do. Yeah, at the end of the day, I'm just a... Yeah, compassionate being. How's... Call it that. I like that. How's what you are and who you are changed and adapted over the last few years? Heaps, actually. So, yeah, I'd say probably four or five years ago I would have put a lot of worth on my role as a paramedic. And I think as a partner um, and over time as I've, I guess, delved into the yoga world, which is a lot of introspection and self-inquiry, I have come to realise that all of those are just layers and personas and there's just the core core beneath that which is all of those personal values which is what probably other people see me in interactions so you know my wonderful sense of humor my sarcasm my compassion my want to give to other people wow i'm just talking myself up so no play on all about it but yeah that's come to change over the last few years because I've realised that there is so much more to me than just my role as a paramedic yoga teacher partner daughter sister mama to Luna um, and all of those things just coexist but yeah neither of them is you know you me or yeah. neither of them define me when when that shift happen or when did it start happening and were you aware of it when it did I think it probably started I'd say maybe three or four years ago and probably when I realized that I was pretty unhappy um, with many things in life so unhappy relationship unhappy sort of in just where I was at um, other than my job and I realized that there was so much love for my job, which I still have, yeah. but I realized that there had to be something more. And because I wasn't really finding happiness in other elements, I sort of delved into that. That was awesome. And then I sort of found, I guess, yoga and realized that all of the things that I was sort of finding to make myself happy were external. Um, and so, yeah, it changed and I realised exactly what I wanted. I realised what I wasn't getting and sort of realised what I deserved and owed to myself. And then that's where this sort of big journey of exploring me has come from. And yeah, so it's been over a few years, but I can definitely say it would have happened probably, what month are we in? We're in November. Yeah, I'd say three or four years ago. It's pretty cool, and it's been cool to, from a outside looking in, to see you develop and grow as a person, as an individual, as a friend. Likewise, all I of those kind of things. It's been a hectic few years. So, and it's funny because I think of that with you. Like, who would have thought that I'd be here podcasting with you, talking about you know all this real deep shit, and you know, sharing different things on mindfulness and meditation, and you know yoga and all of that cool stuff I just wouldn't have thought that years ago and it's really cool to see that that's where we both sort of ended up in our own way though like yeah. separately so yeah I do it the evidence-based sciencey like 
normal way and you go the hocus pocus chakras Absolutely. way and it's cool because it like I, like I joke about it but I've learned so much off you around that spirituality side pseudoscience it's great yeah no pseudoscience is probably not great I wouldn't go <laughs> that far <clears throat> um, I, I kind of find it feel the same with like Tommy and Sammy about re- like religion like you realise that even though we may have different beliefs about how things have happened or or how things do happen that effectively where we believe pretty much the same things mm-hmm. just the semantics are a little bit different and I think too woo-woo though let's be clear no you're not I throw away a lot of the woo-woo bullshit that's out there because that's not for me and I don't resonate with that you do say chakras a lot but I think that's mostly just to annoy me yeah actually (laughs) right now Anna's (laughs) mixing her coffee with a toothbrush let's be clear the bottom end of the toothbrush not the bristle part yeah Um, I'm just seeing if there is any maple syrup because I did ask Keith for an iced maple latte, yet to taste the maple. So, yeah. thanks, Heath. Sorry, Heath. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> How did your journey into the yoga world start? And like, I think like we use the term like yoga world as like a a key to open the door to all this other deeper philosophy stuff. But mm. where'd that start? So that would have been four years ago. I think it's yeah. Yeah. Four years ago now. Uh, maybe three and it was at that time where I was not really doing anything physical so I had work I knew that I needed to be sort of keeping fit and keeping healthy both body and mind Mm -hmm. and I've not really ever enjoyed running um dabbled in just the odd occasional sort of run um I wasn't playing any team sports and I had a gym membership that I was just sporadically sort of using. Yeah. And just, I think the big part was that there was just a yoga studio local to me, really close to home. So I just went and tried a class there. And I think at that time was when I'd sort of gotten into Instagram. So I had been made aware of yoga as a physical practice. And so that's where I came from is wanting to exercise and to me, it was all about the cool shit, the flexibility, the handstands, looking like these pretzels on Instagram. <laughs> and it's funny because that's sort of how my journey started. And I have changed so much with that. But, yeah, I really liked and I was surprised by how much I liked the spiritual side of it. So it became a regular practice. And my ex at the time sort of said, oh, this is just a phase, like like everything else that I was sort of doing. Yeah. And if it's a phase, it's a long one. Um, And it became, with that, then I sort of got into Pilates as well. And then I just really started to delve into all of the study that came with that and self-study and realised that the physical practice is just one of what we call the eight limbs. And I was just blown away by that because that's all I had been exposed to. So then I got approached to do my teacher training and just went for it and I sort of was in classes realizing how much I wanted to be teaching and sharing the practice as well um and I just started doing you know extra workshops and things like that and then yeah this was in a place and everything lined up perfectly for me to do my teacher training and that time when I did that was a huge sort of transitional phase for me and that's when everything sort of started to shift um 
And so that's how I sort of came into it, so purely from a physical practice, as so many people do. And then you sort of start to peel back all the layers and realise that that is just one very tiny, tiny aspect. And then if you are open to it, it can be a daily practice whether you're actually stepping onto the mat and doing something physical or not. Yeah. So, yeah. It's what, what are the eight limbs? We did this last time. Yeah, I've forgotten. Do we need to read Yes, yes. All right. So <coughs> we have the yamas and the niyamas. So they are our sort of moral principles that we follow. So our yamas, we've got five of them. Mm-hmm. So ahimsa is nonviolence. Satcha is truthfulness in our word and thought. Asteya is non-stealing. Brahmacharya refers to sexual intention, but we won't go into that today. And then Aparigraha, which is non-hoarding. So there are yamas. And then our niyamas are what are our sort of cleansing sort of practices. Um, so there's five of those as well. And then we have asana, which is the physical practice. Then we have pranayama, which is our breath work that we do. So anytime we're doing those sort of breathing exercises during class, at the start of class, maybe at the end. Um, Pratyahara, which is withdrawal of the senses, so really coming inward and sort of shutting off from anything external. Dharana, which is our concentration. And dhyana, which is meditation. And then samadhi is, I guess, what we call the eighth limb, and it's referred to as enlightenment, which is not necessarily something we ever get to, but it's just yeah. that sort of, you know, if we practice all of these things, we can maybe start to scratch the surface of that. So for some people, all they ever practice is the asana, the physical practice, but, you know, if, if they're really into that, some people only want that. They show up for that. They mm. want to sweat. They want to work. Yeah. And a lot of people start with that, and then in every class there are elements of everything else. So... I think you realise, and whether you're open to it or not, there are all these other principles, which is what is then classified as the lifestyle. So, you know, I think not everyone takes on all of those, and it's pretty impossible in a modern society to sort of take on all of those, but I just, you know, a lot of those principles of what, uh, what has changed in me over the last few years is, like, taking on a few more of those things every day Mm. on and off the mat. Would you say yoga... And this, take this wherever you want, but would you say yoga and the practice is a selfish discipline? I think so. I've spoken about this recently with someone. I think it is selfish in the sense that you sort of put yourself first, generally, because it is a self-practice and it's an internal practice. And sometimes I think in the yoga world we can get caught up with taking that too far and then just thinking, oh, you know, well, this is, this is about me. This is my self-practice, my self-love, self-care. But then our head gets too far up our own ass and we forget that. (laughs) All right. Let's also remember the other principles. Yeah. You know, so Ahimsa, non-violence can refer to non-violence to ourselves in how we treat ourselves and our thoughts and our actions, but Mm. then with every other being around us. So... I think yoga is a very selfish practice, but if you are also being aware of others around you, you can make sure that 
you're serving yourself and getting what you need, but then also being the best human that you're actually having a positive impact on others and not just completely, mm. you know, neglecting or not taking on the views of other people, if that makes sense. Yeah, because I kind of see it as, as that selfishness is important mm. in all areas of our life. And, and I think it's if you have that self-respect and that self-belief, it gives you a platform to be able to help other people. Exactly. And I think we see it, you know, Instagram, whatever, in different parts of society where people use that selfishness and dive into the selfishness but miss all the other part. Exactly. And forget yeah. that, that, you know, you actually have to be a good person and you have to do things for other people. Exactly. And they're the things that fulfill you more than anything else. Exactly. I think, I think it can be a selfish practice. It's a self-practice which then just projects onto yeah. those around you if, if, you know, depending on what you're doing. But it can certainly be taken to be a completely selfish practice and mm. it's it's some it's you know you can get caught up in that and i've been caught up in that a lot of the time where i just start saying yes to all of these things for myself and go oh well it's for my yoga practice it's for yeah. this and i need this and i need this and then sometimes you need to actually take a step back and go no i don't <laughs> um yeah. so it's, it really is a balance that journey into introspection that you've kind of been going on and it's a journey for a reason it's not mm. like Yep, I'm work as fuck now. I'm, I'm sweet. A, I'm work. I'm work today. Have Have there been periods throughout that where you've been really unsure in the direction you're heading, or you've been really struggling with your place in the world, or you've been really struggling with where your head's at? Yeah, I think early on, definitely, because as I sort of delved into the yoga world, there were things that were popping up that I was really drawn to and I wasn't perhaps in a place where I was able to comfortably go and explore that. So I remember returning home from a yoga retreat and it was like a three-day winter solstice retreat and it was my first sort of, I guess, yoga retreat. It was my first, I think I'd maybe been practising for... I don't know, maybe eight months or something. And it was incredible. And there was actually no physical yoga on this retreat, as it turned out. Um, But there was, you know, meditation, drinking lots of chai, (laughs) essential oils and craft, and just really good deep chats with this beautiful bunch of women. Um, And I came home from it. And that's right, during this retreat... um, Someone was there, it was actually Sinead from Lulu. Yeah. But she was there. Shout out to Sinead. Superstar. She was actually there doing a Reiki session. And I'd never delved into this. I'd never known what it was. And so it was a short Reiki session and some card readings. And... You've gone woo-woo. I've gone woo-woo. So anyway, I had had that and cool, liked it, you know. Yeah. First sort of touch into that. And then I came home from the retreat and I by no means was then going to go and get regular Reiki sessions or anything. But I remember just saying to my ex at the time that just talking about the retreat and the response I got was, well, if you're into all that bullshit now, (laughs) but quite seriously, like, you know, I don't want a part of it. 
And it wasn't that I then wanted to delve into it. Like, I hadn't come home and gone, all right, now I'm going to become an anti-vaxxer. I'm going to, you know, throw out my armpit hairs and, you know, take Reiki healing sessions Mm. every day. But I just found, like, something that I was really drawn to in that whole retreat, you know, which was really just a beautiful weekend of mindfulness and connection. Yeah. And so I sort of felt really defeated and was like, all right, well... All right, I can't really explore this. But part of me knew that I wanted to sort of delve more into all of that. So that was sort of the first time when I realized, like, like, maybe this isn't me and maybe this isn't who I am and I shouldn't explore that. Mm. But then part of, like, you know, as time has changed, I'm like, no, like, there are parts of the spiritual side that I really, really love. And then there's parts that, yeah, for me are a bit too woo-woo. And I just sort of go, all right, cool. And I think it's important to be able to be self-aware enough to... One, not take everything on face value, on face value, and actually be able to dive into it a little bit. But also to know when, okay, this isn't my jam right now. It might, like, right now, in a yeah. couple of years, things might change, or if you know, yeah, you might start going down a different path. And if I said to you five years, you'd be journaling every day and meditating. What would you say? <coughs> or maybe ten years. <laughs> ten years, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just for such a big part of my life, it just wasn't even on the radar. Yeah. And I think, like, journaling, for example, I fought with journaling for, like, years. Like, I knew knew that that I needed to do it or I wanted to do it, but it took me, you know, two and a half, probably two and a half years before I, like, started, like, writing things down. You know when you get a new diary and you're, like, or a new book and you write something in the first three pages and then don't touch the book for another six months? Mm-hmm. That was me in journaling. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd try it and it just wouldn't wouldn't work. Me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still there. Yeah, and and but and I st- I'm still there. Some days I have to, like, force myself to write, yeah. write in it. But the last... And it's a very small sample size in, in relative to everything, but the last 68 days I've written, I've filled up a page and written thoughts and notes and quotes and shit on the other page. Mm. And now I feel like I'm missing something if I don't do it. Mm. Now I'm thinking like I'm missing an opportunity to understand myself better mm. or to get my words out there or to understand the world a little bit better. And like meditation something that I'm not hitting every day yet, but I hit most days. And if I miss miss a day, that's the same feeling. It's almost mm. like that little bit of oh, I've missed out an opportunity to mm. know myself mm. better. And I think that's just come from persistence. Mm. It's it you know is. it's something that I've wanted to do but just haven't for whatever reason. Mm. And I think they're habits that now I'm cultivating because one of the circles I surround myself with. So obviously having people like like you and being able to you ask me if we're doing if I'm doing yoga this week or if you know see you talk about a different side of the practice it's not just the physical side because the physical side of things I've had significant amount of like physical exertion or whatever for mm. the last 20 years exactly. but it's the concentration exactly. side and the the withdrawal of senses and the meditation and the going inwards that's kind of like most Perfect. excites me at the moment yeah yeah, so I don't know. It's an, it's an interesting one, but I, I think, and really understanding what meditation actually is, mm. and what mindfulness actually is. I think so many people see it as having to just sit there and not think, yeah. and I think that's still. I feel like it's becoming a little bit more open to people. I have those conversations twice a week now, mm. like 
Oh, like, do you, are you able to just not think? No, no that's like no, not the point. No one's, it's very, yeah. Yeah, I think it's gradually becoming a little bit more, for want of a better word, mainstream in the sense that people are becoming aware that it's not just forcing yourself to sit uncomfortably yeah. and clear your mind and not think about things. You don't have to sit, you can lay down, you can do it on a train, you can whatever. But yeah. it's, people are, realizing oh okay there's still a little bit of woo-woo to boo around it though for for some people that are maybe not ready to sort of step into that yet um and they might not ever get there but who cares everyone's got their own own path but like the like the calm app for example Mm. has changed like it's Mm. changed my life Mm. like i remember maybe feb this year um i I bought it and it's like 70 bucks a year or something and i was like a little bit of positive pressure. If I buy it, I'm probably going to use yeah. it. But then once that money's gone, you forget about it, though. Yeah. Um, like it's easy to do that. So, and I've just jumped into it most yeah. days since then. Yeah. And, yeah, I I love being able to – I, I kind of go into it – I try not to go into it with an intention. Yeah. I just sit and think. But yeah. I usually am in one of two headspaces. I'm either in a, you know, slightly anxious, a lot of stuff going on mm. kind of headspace. If I'm in that headspace when I do it – I try and like, like I'm sitting by a river, like I picture a river in my head and all the thoughts are just going down the river and I watch them go past and then I wait for the next one and I wait for the next one. And the 10 minutes feels like it takes about a minute. Yeah. And if I'm not in that headspace, I'm in like that kind of creative, kind of looking for, looking for cool ideas headspace. And then I picture the river again, but then I like, wait out and like grab the thought yeah. and like start unraveling it and like, yeah. like pulling in a piece of string and I find just being aware of like the, how I feel beforehand mm-hmm. I always finish the 10, 15, 20 minutes however yeah. I'm doing it for and I'm like here's what I need to do yeah. or here's what I don't need to do yeah exactly yeah and I mean the best thing is I think the best time to do it is obviously when you first wake up in the morning before you look at any device before you do anything, mm-hmm. even if you're still in bed when you do it, is actually like whether you. I'd go straight back to sleep. I know that's what you have to sit up. You have to like sit up, <laughs> but that is the most profound time to do it because it's before you have had any external influences, and you can just allow whatever comes up, and yet still just like not attach any sort of extra attention or effort to what pops up, mm. but. It's a really good time to do it and then just, if you want to, then make a plan for the day, but not a plan in the sense of a to-do list, but a plan of what, how do you want to feel today? What do you want to do for yourself? Things like that rather than, all right, I've got to tick this off, I've got to tick that off. Hmm. Um, and so like the moment, I mean, it's funny because I go on, I'll do teacher trainings or retreats and, you know, for days or weeks at a time, on these trainings or retreats, it's like you get a really good, solid, consistent practice and then come back home and it just goes out the window. It's the first... Life happens. It's the first thing to go. Yeah. And that's why, like, I love seeking out classes and using, I guess, my time when I'm teaching to allow for that as well. Mm. Um, Because, yeah, for so many of us, it's just something that we go, oh, like, yeah, I haven't done that today, but that's okay. Yeah. And the yeah. best intention is to do it ne- the next day, the next day. But, yeah, I hold myself, I try to hold myself accountable for it 
because I know, like yourself, I know when I do it, I feel amazing. and Or I do it and I struggle and that's okay. Well, it's like the when you don't want to do it, that's when you really need it. Mm. And I always, yeah. I always thought that was a bit of a cop-out. Yeah. Um, but it's just like showing up at the gym or yeah. eating a healthy meal. It's exactly. like just doing it is exactly. – and even if you get nothing out of it, yeah. just that. Even if it's 10 minutes. And that's why like I – I'm really happy to be able to sort of bring the slower stuff with yoga to Vertus because as I'm sort of finding, I feel like that's what more people at Vertus need. Mm. They go to Vertus for their physical activities and like there is still a demand for vinyasa and people want that because I think the things that I guess we work on in yoga are different to what someone's working on in the gym. Definitely. And you're also getting all of the other aspects of the mindfulness and time to sort of slow down and pay attention as well. But what I'm finding is there's just such a demand for our slower yin classes at the moment. Yep. And I like being able to offer that because there's a lot more time for me, I feel, to be able to offer longer periods of meditation and time to just really come inwards without me feeling like, oh, like I better not spend too long sitting and getting everyone to sort of have a med beforehand because yeah. I know that they've come for vinyasa and they want to get moving and they get mm. bored. So I'm really enjoying that at the moment and being able to offer that because the feedback that I'm getting is really good and I'm enjoying being able to allow people a space that they can come into and just completely slow down, switch off and just sort of be nurtured for an hour mm. and also you know, start to build this really sort of positive internal relationship. Um, and then through that, it might be, you know, very still short meditations, but it's making it a little bit more accessible for people um, to be able to just sort of turn up and go, oh, all right, I only need to maybe sit and do this for five minutes and then I yeah. can do that at home. Yeah, 100%. Um, it was funny. Uh, Tessa's mum, I forget her name, lovely lady... It's going to be on the tip of my tongue for the rest of the podcast. But Tessa's lovely mum and her husband came to a yoga class of mine months and months ago. Yeah. And when I was talking to her not long ago, she said, oh, yeah, my husband and I, we just, you know, loved your class. They've just only been to the one, but she said we loved it. And since then, we've now got a home practice. How good. And I was like, what? And so they... It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. And she said that, you know, in the mornings now, it's it, whether it's just sitting, they sit and they have a short meditation and then some, you know, just really nice mindful movement to wake up in the morning. So just, you know, some sun salutations and some cat-cow movements and just sort of mobilising the spine, which I think everyone needs to be doing every morning anyway. And, you know, things like your hip cars and things like that. And she said that... Surprisingly, it's her husband who every single day does it without fail. And so she's like, he holds me accountable because he wakes up and that's what he does. And that was something that they started just after coming to a class. And I felt really bad because I couldn't remember the class that they came to or what we did. But I thought, like, that's awesome. If that's what I can and if that's what yoga can In fact, you can make in an hour. Yeah, if that's what we can offer to people, then that's awesome. Like, if everyone was having a home practice, that would be ace. Mm. So I am so happy if that's what people get out of a class with me is that, oh, I'm now empowered to do a home practice. 
then I'm that my job's done. Mm. And then they can come back when they need to come back. But that's amazing. Like that's something that is you know we've made that accessible for someone. If you could articulate, uh, in I can't so, articulate in so, anything in so many words. What meditation gives you? What you take from meditation? What would you say? Just awareness of, I think, what is happening right now. So I guess awareness of the present moment and just coming back to the now because it's so easy for us to think about the events of the day or the week or what's coming up ahead. And so when I am meditating, I just try not to let any of that shit take up any of my time because do I need to be focusing on that right now? No, I don't because when I finish meditating in 10 or 20 minutes, that will be there waiting for me. Yeah, and then you can look forward to all this cool stuff that's happening. Yeah, because, you know, I'm not saying that we don't need to forward plan or reflect because that's something We'd be in a bit of trouble if we didn't. Yeah, so that's what we need to be doing, but not in that period of time where we want to just sit and become really present with here and now. Hmm. So for me, that's what it is. And like you said, it's just imagining that anything that pops up we acknowledge it and go yeah carry on Mm. keep going so I often when I am doing it I have to have something to I guess bring myself back which for me is just simply coming back to a breath just okay I'm distracted I'm focusing on that I'm starting to plan dinner come back to an inhale and start again and that might happen 50 times in 10 minutes and that's okay because it's simply being aware of, and that's all meditation is, isn't being aware. So. Yeah. And I think awareness is then like step one. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards it's, okay, let's start planning or executing some of the things that we become aware of, whether yeah. it be, you know, improving this area of your life or yeah. having a conversation with this person or whatever. And I think it, yeah. it allows you, like for me, I kind of look at it as like, it gives me a bigger container to be able to give my best self to everyone, yeah, um, and to and to me, yeah. And when I'm not doing it, I notice I'm a little bit more edgy and I'm a little bit more moody. Moody. No, I haven't been, moody. I haven't been, I haven't been moody since 2007. Um, potentially. What was that? I don't know. Just picked a random year. I digress. <laughs> I think. <laughs> One of the things I've realized that meditation doesn't have to be sitting mm. and breathing and even with guided. It doesn't have to be any of that. Like I've got a paddleboard. Correct. Correct. We did Surfers. that a couple of weeks ago. Surfing. Yeah. Running. Paz finds yeah. that in his running. That's his time yeah. to reflect. Find your thing. Like driving. I've been trying to yeah. not have any music mm. or podcast playing because I'm horrible like for... podcasts? No. I'm horrible for... Consuming information. So, yes. like, I'll just consume and consume and consume and consume. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's all my journals for, mate. It's what this conversation's for. Mm-hmm. But, like, that inability to actually process it if I'm just consuming all the time. Mm. So, you know, I don't listen to any music in the mornings now. That's my favorite so, so it's only my drive to work. 15 minutes. Yeah. But it's 15 minutes of silence, of thinking, or fighting to stay awake, either or either. Yeah. But it's, and, you know, 15 minutes where. I can digest all of the thoughts from the day before. Mm-hmm. And then I've been trying to go for a little walk every day mm-hmm. and do the same thing. No, no, mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. coming in, just 
We don't have to know how ourselves that time. No. Well, when, like, when was the last time you had an hour of silence? Mm. You had an extra hour this morning. Extra two, mate. Um, that's funny because my drive to work, so I drive 15 minutes to work and I love it. It's, yeah, the radio's off, no Spotify on, no podcasts, and it's just that time and what I have been doing lately and it's the best thing um, is I sleep with my phone on aeroplane mode as we might delve into, but I keep it on aeroplane mode for, you know, I don't take long in the morning. This, believe it or not, I wake up with. Um, you look fantastic. Carry on. Yeah. So maybe 20 minutes in the morning, half an hour at home, I just leave my phone on airplane mode, get in my car and drive to work. Yep. And it's silence. And that for me is normally like my morning meditation because it's my time to sort of just process everything. What, what have I woken up with today? What am I working with today? And yeah. that's what I often see it as as well. Um, what have I got to work with today? Because every day that changes a little bit depending on what's happening, yeah, what's previously happened. So I love that 15 minutes in the morning. And then I try to challenge myself to see how long it takes before I flick that airplane mode off. Normally it's pretty quick. I get to work and just flick it on, have a scroll. Dive into some dopamine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have some morning dopamine with my coffee. So that for me is really good. But the way my sort of roster works is that's only like one or two days a week. But I love that sort of drive to work. So, yeah, I think it's really good. Back to the the teaching. Mm. What was it? What was the transition like, going from student to teacher? And teachers are just students in a in a different way. Endless students. Yeah, but what was it like? Like kind of almost mm. pulling back the curtain, going a bit of bit of Wizard of Oz, and seeing it from the other end. Yeah, it was. I think for everyone that does it, it's a little bit of a wake up call because you realise how human people are and how human your teachers are. Yeah, and. I always still try to now go into every teacher's class with a very open mind because you know that they, we all make mistakes, we all fuck up. And it's really hard now, unfortunately, and I know a lot of teachers find it the same, to go into a class and to not analyse everything. So I have teachers that I love to go to and... Part of me, because I love their classes, I love their sequences, I love what they're doing, part of me has almost got, almost has a notebook in class <laughs> to go, that was really cool, remember yeah. that. And everyone does it because nothing in yoga is original. Everything is adapted from another teacher and another teacher and we just add our sort of own salt and pepper to it and yeah. that is how, I guess, with your own individual personality, that's how we get individual teachers. But, you know, everything in yoga is essentially plagiarised. And that's the beauty of it because then we all just add what we want to it. Yeah. But it's really hard now to sometimes to just be in a class and to yeah. have that experience that I used to have as a student. So I think you lose that a little bit. Um, so when I first started teaching, it was very sort of humbling to, you know, walk up there and go like, oh, I've totally got this, you know. And then, you know, next minute you're sending everyone left instead of right and still do every day. They're, some, they're some of the best classes. Though, they're the best. And look, I think you have to just laugh at yourself. And I think in my teacher training was 
one of the things that sort of came up a lot was I, when I teach, I just sort of keep it pretty light. And that's something that if I don't do that, my classes aren't really me. Yeah. And so. Agreed. Yeah. And so, you know, I just need to keep that sort of, I guess, light humor of knowing that, you know, keep that sort of openness and humanness and. Yeah in the classes but yeah it definitely changes and I think a lot of teachers can empathize with that um that once you do your teach training and further trainings you can really struggle to just then simply be and enjoy yoga class so there's teachers that I seek out just to purely like absorb it as a student um and I'm trying now to just sort of let that happen a lot more yeah and then if I if I like something just don't focus too much on it in the class just just do it and then go, you know, later or the next day and go, all right, let's play with that. Like I liked that. So yeah. maybe I'll try that rather than trying to think during the class. All right. So they said this, they said that, and they did that. And yeah. Over, overanalyze everything and don't actually enjoy it. Yeah. And I, it happens a lot. I do the same thing with coaching and hmm. it makes me not want to train myself. Yeah. yeah. Do you have periods of going, I don't want to practice? Yeah. Yeah. And I think you can become really fussy as well. And so I'm pretty fussy because I value my time and we all, well, a lot of us do. Mm. And so I think like if I'm going and spending an hour and, you know, driving here, driving there, I'm really picky about where I go and who I want to see. And I, I know that people do that as well. So that's why I feel so humbled when people choose to come to a class with me. Yeah. Whether it's one person, whether it's 10, whether it's 20. Like I am truly, and I make sure I thank people at, during each class, at the end of every class, because I think knowing that myself, when I go as a student to someone's class, like I'm really giving up my time yeah. to be in the space and allow them to guide me through something. So I go through periods where, yeah, I don't get to classes and I, I sort of... For me, I mix it a little bit up with, like, for me, it's always a conflict. Do I VGT or do I yoga? So, and I love both. And I'm yet to go to a VGT, like, that I never want to go. Like, never. I drive there and I never, <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's yeah. just this aversion to the gym. Yeah. And then I get there and I, afterwards, and I, pretty much every time, I call Paz afterwards. And I'm like, that was awesome. <laughs> every single time. You need to, like, bottle that feeling. And yeah, just... I know. Because that doesn't always happen with, with your and most of the time it does, but mm. like we all have classes and I've taught them and people have walked out and I'm sure of it where they've gone, oh, shit. Mm. But, it, but it's like there's there's no such thing as a bad meditation. Like, no, no, no. So there's, there's no such, I don't think there's, a bad, there's it, such thing as a bad yoga class because no. if you give yourself yeah. to that class for that hour, yeah. then. And that's it. Even if you didn't love what the teacher taught, you cannot have walked out of that class without bettering yourself in some way, whether mm. you know it then or not. Mm. So, yeah, I um, I sort of have on my mind body about five different studios and then verse with the VGT schedule. And whenever I say if it's, you know, Monday and I'm like, all right, I've got this evening free, I'm not teaching, yeah. I want to go to a class. And then I look and I look at what's on, what time, who's teaching, and then I choose where I want to go. So I do that and I've got set teachers that I love and set classes that I love. So it slips off a little bit. Um, It's great in sort of the studios that I teach. 
being able to then just go to classes when I want to. That's a really awesome thing about the yoga industry is if you generally, if you teach somewhere, you can just practice there. So that's what I love. And it's for me, it's like, I don't have an excuse not to work out my brain or my mind because I have these things on offer to me. Whereas people, other people on the other hand have to go, can I afford to go to yoga tonight? No, I don't think I can. Like, I'm just going to look at something at home. So I need to remind myself when I'm being a lazy shit that I am so privileged to be able to just go and do this and not have to think about that. Just a little gratitude play, right? Yes. Yep. This morning at 10 a.m., if I was to have asked you, what are you grateful for, what would you have said? <laughs> um, and would you have been in a headspace to be able to actually stop and... and 10 a.m., I was driving, and I was having periods of, it's okay, don't worry about it, and you're an idiot, you're a fucker. <laughs> um, so if you ask me what I was grateful for... People being forgiving and accepting and chill. Um, yeah. So grateful for <laughs> Lulu Sorrento. <Yeah. laughs> and I would have said I'm grateful for, I still don't know who it was, that took the class that I didn't show up So Anna to. may have slept in this morning and missed, missed a, uh, a room full of yogis. She was still asleep when they were... Starting. Starting. <laughs> But it happens, right? Uh, does it? Let's. It does. I've been there. Yeah. Not yoga, but I've been. I've missed it, and it's a horrible feeling. It's an awful it, feeling. I think whenever you're you're not where you're supposed to be and where mm. you said you would be. Yeah. And you can't do anything about it, and that like like that's lack of control. Thing. That's can't the most stressful part. It was that far gone that I couldn't <clears> even go. I'm going to be a bit late, or I couldn't even say it's quarter to nine. Class starts at nine. Mm. Couldn't even call and say. Do you mind just like surely there'll be someone there? I knew that there'd be a yoga teacher doing the class yeah. that can just take it. Yeah. No, no, no. It was ten past nine. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like I knew that when I when Luna woke me up, just sort of sniffing around, that I had slept in because mm. I felt way too fresh. I knew that it was not seven a.m. because <laughs> I just felt really good. Um, looked and sure enough, my phone on airplane mode. Yeah. Nine oh six. Couple of missed calls. Once you turned it, flicked it off. Yeah. Um, because I just yeah didn't. And then that's happened once before. Um. At work, and yeah. I didn't feel as bad when it happened at work. Did not feel. I mean. Sure, people's lives, but no worries. <laughs> yeah, it's a little different though. Like you've got yeah. a room full of like yogis ready to go. Yeah, and that's the thing. People have... Expecting you to be there. And that's it. And with an incredible group of people that have given me that opportunity to do that. Mm. And, you know, letting people down is the shittest thing. And doing... When you commit to something and commit wholeheartedly, like I was so excited... Um, I love events like that and I love being able to offer that to people. So I was, you know, I had all my uniform laid out and I was like, oh, yeah, cool. You know, I had everything ready to roll and, you know, the drive down, I was just going to have my playlist on and just, you know, I normally talk through my stuff. Um, yeah. Didn't so happen. then I sort of sat there twiddling my thumbs because I'm like, all right, well, it's too late to get down there now. <laughs> yeah. What do I do? Mm-hmm. So. 
Anyway. Were you kind to yourself? No. Why not? Because I felt like I'd fucked up and I, I went, but I went through periods. So like, honestly, that, so I ended up still driving down there because I wanted to go and make it in time to see the end of the class that was there and say thank you to who covered and didn't get there in time. Um, everyone had already gone by the time I made it down to Blair Gary. So I was like, yeah. all right, cool. No worries. But I had periods of it's fine. And I had to ask myself like, all right, what was the consequence of my actions or inaction? <laughs> and at the end of the day, people were just chilling for about 10 minutes yeah. and then they still got a free yoga class. So like the people that went got what they wanted yeah. and probably, and from what I heard, a great class. And so that's fine. It was nothing off the backs of the guys at Lulu mm. that worked for them. Someone still taught the class. Yeah. And so it was more just how I felt. And so that's something I can now control. Um, Correct. And so I had to, like the sort of negative self-talk and how harsh I was on myself was far worse than the actual consequences of what had happened. So I had to keep reminding myself that. And I was like, you're an idiot. Like, it's fine. It's okay. But and then, but you still have those feelings. Yeah. So then I'd be okay. And I was like, yep, yeah, cool. No worries. Just breathe. All good. And then that sick sort of feeling in my stomach was just still there. And it's still there yeah. right now. And that'll, uh, yeah. you know, it'll go away. <clears throat> it's, good, it's good to feel upset and disappointed and, at yourself. But Things I think, that you care about it. Yeah, you know? well, 100%. And I just... Yeah, I don't know how, you know, I'm sure there's people that that's not an uncommon thing for them. Yeah. That, you know, can be unreliable and things like that. And they just sort of go, oh, you know, sorry. But for me, I was yeah. just, ugh. Yeah. <sighs> because to me, I thought this reflects me as a person. I'm now seen as this unreliable, irresponsible, sleepy... What are we talking about at the start? What you do doesn't determine who you are? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, um, exactly. Because you messaged me and said, you know... What did I say? This is at 9.14, so you must have messaged me, like, just after you woke up. and said, you know when you fuck up? Guess what I did today? Slept through what was meant to be teaching yoga for Lulu at Sorrento. We can talk on the podcast about it. Good. And I said, don't let it ruin your day. <laughs> and you said, I'm trying. So I think... Mm. it's really easy I was yeah and that's that's the thing like we can do our best to try but there's still going to be that voice in the back of our head saying you're a piece of shit you're fucked up because I've done Cam is that you (laughs) (laughs) because like I've done it repeated like not repeatedly but I've done it you know a couple of times a year for the last 10 years of being a coach and it (laughs) sucks right it's it's nothing worse but Mm. one time probably the last time I did it I was like 20 minutes late and interns warmed the guys up out the front of the gym like a couple of people went home because they were like oh I'll just go get an extra little bit of sleep Mm -hmm. and I felt so horrible but then about an hour after that class I stopped and I kind of went if I feel like this for the rest of the day I'm going to have a horrible day I'm going to have a shit house day and I kind of just went I'm not going to let this ruin my day and it was just like a a simple mindset shift yes I still had that feeling in my guts for the rest of the day but I ended up having one of the best days I've had for a while and I remember sitting there, sitting at home that night I wasn't journaling at this point but if I would have written something about mm. actually just stopping and and, yeah. and thinking and being a little bit kind to yourself I remember thinking like I could have mm. ruined my day or I could have decided yeah. and so many of us so often we're our own worst enemy because we just go oh you're a piece of shit mm. 
and that negative self-talk like if you were attending that class and the teacher hadn't rocked up and you you probably would have stuck your hand up to take it Mm. you would have no negative feelings towards that teacher no right You'd, yeah. would, you'd be full of self full of compassion yeah. for that person oh they may, must have had like a big week last week or they must have just missed their alarm or or whatever yeah, but you, yeah, exactly. you would never feel shit f- no and then that's it and I didn't I like that I haven't thought about it like that so that's really cool um, because yeah that's how I, I didn't think of it like that but I, that's I was sort of thinking from the perspective of everyone there like you know 10 minutes mm is 10 minutes that's nothing and then yeah. they got a class so they got what they came there f- they arrived for yeah and I got an extra two hours sleep it's a dream it's, so it's win-win it's win-win you know what what a great day just don't do it again okay. and if you do it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah if I do win-win <laughs> yeah. yeah make sure I get a good amount of sleep but all like it's just that how yeah. we how we frame something to ourselves yeah. changes everything yeah. like I haven't I haven't practiced yoga in three weeks and rather than being, I know it's mostly your fault, but it's pretty much your fault. No, it is my fault. It's complete. It's completely my fault. Eric's been there, mate. That's true. I've had stuff on, but so I've been, I've been practicing like three weeks, and like I was thinking about it the other day, and I was kind of annoyed at myself that I hadn't, and I hadn't sorted out a class, and I hadn't made it happen. But then I was like, I'm just going to be excited for Friday, uh, for Sunday. Yeah, rather than yeah. rather than worrying about it, and I'm just going to yeah. be excited for next Sunday. Yeah, we should do the same thing. So yeah. Oh, do we? Oh yeah, Junyasa. Junyasa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forever, for anyone uh, listening to this on the second of December, I don't think the podcast is going to be out. No, it's going out tomorrow. Jesus. Yeah, on the wow. sec- on the second of December, <laughs> we have the Virtus Christmas party at uh, at Virtus HQ in Mornington, and at twelve o'clock we kick it off with Ginyasa three point oh. Three So we get to drink gin and do yoga, which is kind of the best thing ever. Amazing. And then we have our Christmas party, and then we get to play bas- basketball, Vertisball. It's kind of the dream day. I'm so excited. There's no better day. Question for you, though. But on, will on, I be there? <laughs> fucking hope so. Otherwise, I'll take the class. Yeah, you know how. All right, guys, child's pose, and see you in an hour. But the reason I brought, brought that up is because yoga for a lot of people is a very uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? It's a, it's a practice that shouldn't be mixed with other vices or other things. But a lot of people see it that way. For sure. Um, I've had some backlash. Yeah, and, and that's what the, that was my question. Like, what kind of backlash have you had from the Jinyasa staff? Only one, like, one person. Yeah. And, and I get it from their perspective of just seeing, I guess, the promotion of it without experiencing it. Yeah. And so we've done two, and the first thing we start with is connection to everyone in the room. Mm. So it's a, a, both of them have been a bunch of strangers, actually. Yeah. So a few, you know, a few Virtus people, but a lot of people that don't know each other. Yeah. And so the first thing that we do is we go and cheers and look someone in the eye that we don't know. And, it, like, what I like about it is it gets people out and into the yoga space that might not have gotten there otherwise because, you know, there are types of yoga that aren't accessible for people and they they see that. And that might be their story, Mm. but they're not going to get into that space whether we want to It is an intimidating space. Exactly. And so 
what I like to be able to offer is something that it doesn't matter if you can touch your toes or touch your nose. Like, it doesn't matter if you've got Paz's flexibility <laughs> or Georgie's flexibility. Yeah. Like, it creates this. And, you know, most classes should be able to, yeah, to. Most classes should be able to offer that. But in reality, they don't. And that's fine. Yeah. But we, we do just sort of let go of any of the expectation or bullshit around what something should look like and whether you're doing it right. Yeah. And we actually just connect to everyone else in the room. And then we do take, we still take that time to sort of sit and come into a space of non-judgment and acceptance and fun. And we still throw in the other yoga principles. Yes, we have gin, but we're not getting shit faced. (laughs) That was my birthday. Depends on the ratios. Look, Ratios, yeah, does depend. But, you know, we're not there to just simply get shit-faced and make a mockery of yoga. And Mm. that's the thing. Like, I think anyone that's been would say that we still – I think we still show so much respect to the practice. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there are other events as, you know, people do vino and vinyasa and all these other different events which bring people together. And so I think um, after the one at Common Folk that we did – I had someone and their partner come and they'd been experiencing just a bit of difficulty together. And they said to me, like, thank you so much. Like, him coming just was so good for our relationship. We needed that time to just completely Mm. connect to each other and love each other. And I was able to offer that through yoga. Yeah. Yes, through Jinyasa, but it wasn't... You know, I, I think that that's really awesome if that's what we can offer. And so I think it is something really cool to be able to offer, like, to do it with a friend or a couple mm, yeah. or, you know, if you're going solo, that's cool. But it, And that's why we try to sort of honour if people are turning up solo, that's why I get everyone to sort of mingle and mix so that someone's I love that bit at the start. Like, yeah. like it's just it's pure connection and, like, yeah. then during you connect with yourself and then it's, yeah. you know, cheers the person next to you. And yeah. Those that environment doesn't yeah. happen enough in society. People people exactly. don't put themselves out there or yeah. don't put themselves in environments, and people don't lead those environments enough for people to go. You know what? Like, yeah. let's get around this. Yeah. Like, so conference during the week, and it's kind of tradition. Um, I've been to f- this. That was my fourth one of this, mm. and it was a tradition that at the start everyone stands up, music pumps, everyone gets each other, like gives two random people a hug like just a big hug like their exactly. old friend you haven't seen for, for years and I love that part of it yeah and like <clears throat> finding different things that we can do mm. as a Virtus family as a community as a society to do those things and to feel that way yeah it's so powerful yeah yeah and that's it so I I think I've only received yet sort of one sort of negative um, comment or interaction mm. with it and that's from someone who's very, very within very, very traditional yoga space, yeah. and that's fine. And it's like there, there are things within that yoga space that I, I disagree with as well, and that's opinion, and that's okay. Mm. But that's coming from someone who's only sort of seeing the external side of it, and I get that. They're yeah. just sort of seeing the, you know, yoga and gym. Like, why are we doing that? Like, why are delicious. we bastardizing it? <laughs> yeah. But you know, I would love for that person to come along, but I still, they still might not enjoy it. Mm. But at the end of the day, I have to not think about like everything you do is going to piss someone off no matter what you do. 100%. And so at the end of the day, I offer what I offer to those people that want to come and have a go. Yeah. 
And you know within yourself why you're off of that. Yeah, and, like, it doesn't make me question it one little bit. Mm. So, yeah, Junyasa will be continuously expanding. And, you know, for example, today there was an event on the peninsula, goat yoga. Goat yoga. <laughs> but it was done at this gorgeous farm on the peninsula and it was a day, I think it was called Calm Your Farm. So it was actually a day of, again, connection, meditation, being out in nature, yeah. yoga with goats. And it was that. like someone could turn around and go, oh, that's bastardizing yoga. Well, no, it's still creating connection. Yeah. Beautiful interaction and, you and know, And if, if it getting... lowers that barrier to entry for a few more people exactly. to, to experience yoga, like yeah. I'm sure some of those people who maybe haven't tried yoga and go, you know what, I love gin, let's give this a try. Yeah. They might be yogis now. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. I like that. Question for you. Mm. Are you happy? Yes. Good. Why? <laughs> and how do you know you're happy? Because I didn't have any hesitation to say yes. Mm. And... Yeah, I don't know. Everything is good. I'm doing. I'm doing what I want to do, and yeah, I'm well rested and evidently, evidently like fresh, look fresh, feel fresh. Um, I'm sort of just, I guess, living what I'd say is my dharma or my truth, and doing the things that I love. And yeah, um, yeah I'm happy. I'm in a good place. And it's cool because you haven't always been happy. And we've had conversations before when you're like, I wasn't happy. Yeah, but like at the time you might not realise that you're not happy until you get happy. Yeah, So and you realise the difference. Yeah, and then you realise the difference. You're like, oh, shit. Um, but yeah. But you've cultivated the life you live now. Yeah. Like it hasn't just been like... Um, I wasn't um, handed a plate of happiness. No. I was handed a delicious plate of Paz. And like That's true. That, I mean... Oh. What a man. Four, four dings for Paz, Pazzy Wazzy Ding Dong, as we call him. <laughs> um, no, I wasn't, um, I cultivated this in the sense that I realised I was unhappy, took a long time, and I think for many of us that can take a long time, can take years, mm. took me years, knew I, something wasn't right, and then, yeah, finally sort of realised this is what I don't want, and then by doing that allowed me the space to accept what was coming next and what I did want. Mm. That's pretty cool. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. You're able to do that. Profound. Yeah. I'm really excited to do yoga tonight. Yeah. Just give me a yoga boner. <laughs> I'm going to give everyone yoga boners tonight. Is that bastardizing yoga? Probably. Shit. Anyone that's like not a fan of what I'm offering would have probably left the podcast already, so it's fine. I assume so. I think anyone offended by yoga bone is probably already gone. <laughs> mm. Next question. Mm. What are you becoming? I don't know yet. But it feels good. It feels good, do it. Mm. Yeah, I don't know yet. Yeah, it's exciting. Mm. I kind of... I've... That question I asked you right at the start which is like who, who and what are you mm. outside of the things you do? Mm. I feel as though the what are you becoming is like a, a future version of that question. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, what are the things that I'm doing every day and how is that going to affect what I, mm. what I end up and how does the way I think affect where or what I end up to be? Yeah. 
which is exciting because it's like you said it's it's all on us to cultivate that yeah. future or that whatever and the future might not even exist yeah which is the scary thing plus the exciting thing because it means that if there's something that we're not doing if people are aware that can become aware that they're not happy like you did mm. you, it's up to you to change it no one else is going to change it for you yeah exactly you need to step into that and own that love your work one more thing before we finish up I want you to do something for me I want you to read one of those little uh, poems in that little book oh, in front of you <clears throat> So if anyone hasn't already heard or seen this book, it's called Anatomy by Frank Martin, and she's a Melbourne-based yogi teacher, so let's just should shout on, out. She'll be on in a couple of weeks. She'll be on in a couple of weeks. And yeah. I've never met her. I want to. I'm just already fangirling over her. So it's this book that's, I guess, similar in a sense to The, the Sun and Her Flowers and Milk and Honey, but way less dark and deep. Still dark and deep, but... It's pretty heavy, some of it. It's heavy, but it's beautiful. So it's, I guess, poetry and beautiful words, and it's a story. Um, so I'm going to read. I've got so, so many of these pages are cornered. <laughs> so many. Yeah, I don't think it counts if you corner the whole book. Yeah, it's just no. like you may as well have just left them uncornered. <sighs> yeah, I know. And I just, picked, I just picked this up randomly. Like, I carry it with me a lot. Jesus Christ. Um... All right, this is the, a short one, but this is so profound, and I think that it's so important for people to to sit with. So I'm going to read two things. Can I read two? Do whatever you want. All right, I'm going to read this one first. Permission to be who I am is the greatest gift I ever gave myself. It is endless. So, like, that is just... It's profound. It's amazing. And I think it comes into that whole sort of acceptance and self-acceptance self-love and just truly accepting yourself as you are and allowing yeah I don't know it's just nice yeah yeah oh yeah but I think if you you accept yourself for who you are warts and all that it it doesn't mean you can't want to still improve and get better and grow and exactly become a better human yeah exactly um well, with that is is this other... So this comes before that. Um, I do not care what you look like under that happy, shiny mask. Let your truth spill over your edges. Whoops. Let your truth spill over your edges. Let your flaws surge through your scars. Let your shadows, your tears, your pain engulf you. I'll be here rock steady, heart open, loving you through it all. Self-love. So, yeah, like accepting yourself and then knowing that there are going to be these flaws and these things that you're going to be working with and improving upon but yeah you know it's been an absolute pleasure it's been good